Hi everyone, I'm Tawny and this is the Rose and the Glow podcast. And just in case this is the first time you're tuning in, this is a podcast for Asian beauty lovers where I will be discussing what products I use, products I love, ones I can do without, along with a variety of other topics. The mask that I am going to be wearing tonight is a gift from Swatch Me Deadly and it is Feverlet's Secret Source Ginkgo Mask. And it claims to have power relaxation and give you bright skin with moisturizing treatment for professional spa results at home. And as I open this mask, I noticed that there is a mild scent. Like it's nothing too strong, but it's definitely more on the perfumey side. I mean, admittedly, I have no idea what ginkgo is supposed to smell like. But... Um, yeah, this one I definitely think is uh, more heavily perfumed than others that I've smelt, so just keep that in mind. Um, it feels really nice on my face. The fit is good. It has pretty standard material. So thank you so much, Morgan, for that cheap mask. Now today, what I'm going to be talking about is different skincare myths. Uh, those myths will be ones that we've all believed at some point or another, and some truths behind certain myths. So pause this, put on a sheet mask, and let's get started. I used a bunch of different blogs and websites for today's episode. So the resources that I used are the clog, and the post is written by Tina Cho, and I also used the Fifty Shades of Snail blog, and Hello Giggles, which was a post written by Krista Jensen. And finally, GlowSkinBeauty.com. So, uh, these myths are in no real particular order. I just wrote them down as I found them. And I didn't write down every single myth from every single website. So if you want to go further and explore more, then I would definitely check out the websites that I mentioned. Because they're, they're really great, detailed um, posts and can offer a lot more than this short podcast will for sure. So the first myth I'm going to be talking about is Korean skincare only works for Asian skin. So the truth behind this is that Korean skincare is meant for skin in general and people of all races or ethnicities face similar skin issues like oiliness, acne, dull skin, etc. So it's not the type of skincare that you need to worry about. Rather, it's the ingredients and what your skin's needs are. So the second myth I'm going to be discussing is it's impossible to find makeup for dark skin tones. My understanding is that it used to be much more difficult to find K-beauty for people with darker skin tones, but now it seems to be a little bit easier with companies like Innisfree coming out with a wider range of BB cushions for people of color. But as a white woman, I feel like I can't really speak too much about this because I've never really struggled to find a shade to match my skin tone. So if you have and you're willing to shoot me an email, um, I would love to share your experience on this podcast. 
So the next myth is you only need to apply sunscreen when it's sunny. And embarrassingly, I will admit that when I was younger, I definitely believed this myth. Which is funny because I live in Alberta where it snows a lot. And as I'm sure most of you know, you know, the glint of the sun off the snow can give you a serious sunburn. So I feel like my mom was probably really surprised when she found out that I thought that, no, mom, like, I'm not going to put sunscreen on. I don't need to. It's wintertime. So the truth behind this myth is that you need to wear sunscreen every day, regardless of the time of year or the weather. Even if you're sitting inside, it's important to wear sunscreen, especially if you'll be sitting by a window. And wearing sunscreen every day protects your skin from UV rays and sun damage and can help prevent acne scars, wrinkles, and sunspots from worsening. And I am really bad for not applying sunscreen. So that's definitely a habit that I want to get into. Um, applying sunscreen on a regular basis every day, multiple times a day, hopefully, is the end goal. But yeah, so the next myth I'm going to be talking about is men and women need different skincare products. And a quote from the clog says, skin needs widely differ from person to person and your gender doesn't necessarily dictate your skin's needs. It's very likely that products marketed towards men and women have the same ingredients. So I definitely think that this myth stems from male fragility and we all know that that stems from patriarchy and I think it's just such a shame that in order to be masculine, God forbid you put some floral scented sheet mask on your face or use anything that isn't specifically created for you, a man, manliness, that smells like the wilderness and wrestling bears with your bare hands or something like that. I don't know. I think it's a shame that this is still perpetuated and I really wish that skincare companies would do away with gender marketing altogether. I think it's ridiculous. If you're a man and you want to use skincare, have at it. If you're a man and you feel more comfortable wearing makeup, have at it. I think it's really great that more and more men are creating Instagram accounts, um, discussing the routines that they use because I think it makes it more commonplace and less unusual. So yeah, I think that that needs to go away altogether. Um, if you have opinions about that, please let me know. Um, anything that you want to discuss with me in an email, just shoot it my way. Um, I'm happy to read about it and chat with you about that. So the next myth is that if you start anti-aging products early, it will cause you to age faster, which is ridiculous. And the most ridiculous thing is, is that I've actually heard somebody use this. I was asking about a certain product and the woman told me that I didn't need it because I was too young. And if I used anti-aging products now, that it would age me faster. And I mean, that to me just makes no sense because anti-aging products are supposed to prevent aging. So if using anti-aging products ages you faster, then nobody's going to want to use those products when they have wrinkles and sunspots and et cetera. And 
Anti-age skincare isn't about using some magical elixir that will reverse time. It's about taking care of your skin to hopefully prevent signs of aging in the first place. And I think if anti-aging is something that you want to start taking care of, the earlier the better, because it's definitely gonna be a lot easier to prevent wrinkles and sunspots than it is to go and reverse them. And using sunscreen is a really simple key way to prevent aging. So the next myth I'm going to talk about is if you have oily skin, adding oil to your routine will make you oilier. And the truth behind this myth is that it's the complete reverse. Your skin needs oil to break down oil. If you're using harsh and drying products, you're stripping moisture from your face and your skin will produce more oil to compensate. So I think that's really important for a lot of us to realize and remember. And I think it's okay if using oils isn't something that you enjoy. Like I don't enjoy using heavy oils. There's a few products that I'll use that are oily, but they're mixed in with other ingredients. So it's not just a pure oil that I'm putting on my face. Um, but yeah, do you. Um, okay. Next, we have K-Beauty is just a passing fad. And I think that K-Beauty is only gaining in popularity. I mean, as I'm sure you all know, more and more shops are starting to carry it, even Western stores. And so instead of K-Beauty itself being a fad, I think it's different products or ingredients from K-Beauty that are fads or gimmicky, like the carbonated face masks. Etc. And another one specifically about K Beauty, although I think it is uh, probably a myth with other skincare or Asian skincare as well, is um, K Beauty equals skin bleaching. And this is just false. So while some K Beauty products do have brightening effects, they're not long lasting. And Umi, who was the owner of the Korean store near my old house, said that using brightening products is similar to using fake tanning products. It's something that you need to maintain and eventually it will fade if you stop using them. And according to Fifty Shades of Snail, it's true that colorism exists. Paleness has been a marker of class since ancient times and colorism hurts even though fair skin is something, still something that many people want. I think the need for um, brightening products and the desire for um, lighter skin is possibly and probably one of the reasons why there's fewer darker shades. And of course, racism plays a huge part in that as well. But I just think that you need to be aware of the products that you're using and not make assumptions that brightening equals skin bleaching. So next we have everyone needs to use the 10 step program, which I've discussed in the past. And that is not true. Uh, there's no need to use 10 products on your face to feel like you're doing K-Beauty right. More products does not equal better skin. You need to listen to your skin and your budget to find a routine that works best for you. And then we have more expensive products are better for you and produce better results. And I can speak from experience when I say that this is not true. Um, there are many one to two dollar sheet masks that work just as well or better than eight dollar plus sheet masks. 
I say $8 plus because the most expensive sheet mask I think was $9 that I bought. And I found that the results were really no different than a $2 sheet mask that I had used. So ingredients are the most important part of any product. And oftentimes, um, lower end products will have similar ingredients. It might just not be a high as a constant high of a concentration of one ingredient, but it's worth trying just to see if it works and get samples and do comparisons and just find what works for you. Don't um, fall into the trap of more money equals better results. And this is one that I definitely didn't know was false and that is alcohol is bad for your skin. Now, of course, some alcohols can be drying and it depends on your skin. Like some people find it really drying and their skin gets really irritated. But in a properly formulated product, alcohol helps increase penetration of key ingredients, which I had no idea. And I think that's definitely true for me because unless alcohol is within the top three, I really don't find that alcohol has a negative effect on my skin, especially if I use enough moisturizing um, products afterwards. So now I am going to be talking specifically about pores. Uh, pores are something that we all have and most of us are trying to minimize or get rid of them. So one of the biggest myths surrounding pores is they open and close either with steam or cold water. And while steam definitely helps loosen sebum and dirt in your pores, your pores don't have muscles to open or close. So I think it's really important to remember, you know, the old adage of if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is. And I know that a lot of companies um, boast about their pore product that will help shrink your pores or close your pores. And definitely those products probably do help to reduce pores, but it's absolutely necessary to remember that pores don't have muscles, so it's impossible for them to open and close. And we have pores for a reason. Uh, they house a hair follicle and produce sebum, which is our skin's natural oil. And unfortunately, some people have larger pores but remember that poor hygiene can lead to clogged pores. So it's more important that you are washing your face, using a toner and exfoliating than it is to use specific products that are targeted for pores. Because every single pore product that I've used, except for Biore nose strips, really haven't done anything. And even the Biore nose strips are just pulling out the sebum, which is just going to refill right back in shortly after you use the product. So yeah, um, that was a pretty short episode, but I just wanted to make sure to get something out to you guys. And I'm actually quickly going to discuss uh, my favorites from this week, just because I thought that I would do both at the same time so that you guys would get uh, two for one. So I've already discussed the Feverlet mask that I used, and I've also used the Lily Whitening and Brightening Main Kit Mask. I don't know why I sound so uncertain because that's definitely what it's called. But uh, the claims are that it 
immediately nourishes your skin, leaving it noticeably radiant, soft, and translucent. And I just find the word translucent to be so funny because I would be seriously concerned if my skin was ever translucent. So I think that's just um, a translation thing where they probably mean clear. And the next one that I used is by Elizabeth, and it is the Asiatica Deep Power Ringer Mask Pack. And let's see. This mask claims to um, improve skin tone and tired looking skin for more elastic and healthy looking skin. And finally, um, the last sheet mask that I used is the Betacastle Dermaseal mask from 23 years old. And this one is definitely all in Korean. But it does say that the Betacastle Dermaseal mask will be the best solution to help your skin product. Skin problems, which I feel like is an awful lot of pressure for a sheet mask. So... Out of all of these, I don't know if I can really pick a favorite. I think that I will be, yeah, I don't know. It's hard sometimes because sometimes when you use a mask, despite what the claims might be, all that I see is hydration and maybe a little bit of evening up my skin tone. For me, usually there's no huge, crazy, incredible results. So I think that I will choose the Batacastle Dermaseal sheet mask just because I only had two of these. So it was definitely a treat. And it was a really nice sheet mask, but don't get me wrong. I am thrilled by any product that doesn't break me out. So yeah. And the other thing that I'm going to be talking about is something that I recently purchased. And it is the Solution Exfoliating Skin Perfector from Glossier. And I love this stuff. And admittedly, I've only been using it for a week. But I find that it is not too harsh for my skin. And it has cleared up my pimples. And so far, they haven't come back. Which is amazing because the one on my chin came back twice. Before I started using this, so I'm really hoping that this is going to keep it from coming back altogether. Anyway, that's about all that I have to chat with you about today. So I hope you enjoyed. And please be sure to email me any constructive criticism to the Rose and the Glow podcast at gmail.com or you can PM me at the Rose and the Glow podcast on Instagram. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.